Welcome to The Green Podcast. My name is Dylan Welch. I'm the CEO of Green.org and Dylan Welch Media. Our goal with this podcast is to bring you the biggest names and leaders in renewable energy, clean technology, and sustainability so that you can stay up to date with the latest trends and everything that is happening in this world. Not only that, you'll get some action items for your life so that you can apply some amazing things and make your world a better place as well. Let's get the show started. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Green Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Welch, and today we have a really interesting guest, BJ Jones, the president and CEO of the Battery Park City Authority. We've talked to a lot of CEOs, a lot of scientists, um, but I've never talked to someone like BJ. I'm really interested to learn about all the things they have going on at Battery Park City and um, just researching kind of what they're doing is really interesting because they're planning very forward thinking and uh, ready to dive in and uh, talk to BJ. So BJ, thanks for being here. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, Dylan. Glad to talk about sustainability here in Battery Park City and beyond. Yeah, so real quick, just for those who are not in New York City, um, tell us a little bit about Battery Park City, like the history of it and sort of what it's like to be there on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, Battery Park City has uh, an interesting um, history. This neighborhood, it's 92 acres. It's a mixed-use development. So we have residential buildings here, commercial buildings here, um, schools, cultural institutions, and beautiful um, public park spaces. Um, But all of this has been created um, where uh, dilapidated piers were crumbling into the Hudson River. And so just over 50 years ago, the Battery Park City Authority, which is a New York State public benefit uh, corporation, was created to um, to make this neighborhood happen and did so by extending the shoreline using landfill in part from the construction of the World Trade Center. And then over a period of a few decades, building the neighborhood of Battery Park City um, as we as we know it now. And so it's really become um, an interesting model um, of uh, urban development. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful place. And before we started this podcast, I was just kind of telling BJ, I was just in New York City. I went to the top of the World Trade Center and I just remember looking down over Battery Park City. Um, and it really is an amazing place because you've got museums, parks, schools, businesses, all sort of right there on prime New York City real estate overlooking the river. Um, it's it's really amazing how it's all come together. So what's sort of your day-to-day life like as the president and CEO? What kind of projects are you working on? What kind of things are you overlooking? Yeah, we are, um, you know, we're involved in a, a lot of different activities as part of our responsibility to not only develop, but maintain the neighborhood. And so, um, so you know, we're part um, parks department. So we manage the public parks, the horticulture and the maintenance that's involved um, with the upkeep of those beautiful parks. Um, we're kind of part real estate um, company because, um, you know, we're responsible for the property here and developing it and, and, you know, have entered into all of these leases with the different types of buildings that, you know, you've mentioned here. Um, you know, we have a, a programming element, um, a lot of programs that we provide to the community to activate um, the neighborhood. And so it's a wide range of things that we're doing. But I would say, you know, 
beyond just kind of the day-to-day -day taking care of the neighborhood and, you know, making sure the trash cans are, are emptied and, um, and, you know, taking care of the, the parks and, and what have you is that, uh, you know, I'm particularly focused on our responsibility to maintain Battery Park City and, you know, through the lens of doing so as an ongoing um, concern, particularly in the face of climate change. And so because, you know, as I had briefly mentioned, we are literally built out into the water, we are vulnerable in a way that, you know, the authority, you know, didn't contemplate, um, you know, until Hurricane Sandy um, came. And so, you know, part of our maintenance obligations and our duty is to make sure that Battery Park City can stand the test of time. And so that's where kind of a renewed focus on sustainability and uh, resiliency has come into play. It's it's definitely one thing to, you know, think about the looming climate change crisis. You see it in the news. And it's almost so much that like a lot of people just put it in the back of their minds, like, I don't I have other things I gotta worry about. I don't wanna, I don't wanna think about this right now, which is understandable. There's a lot going on, but like you said, I mean, you saw it up close firsthand with Hurricane Sandy. Um, that has a direct impact. And that's that's kind of how I got really interested in, you know, sustainability and climate change is going to places where you actually see the physical impact. Mm -hmm. And it really it does make you want to, you know, think of solutions. Um, and we'll kind of get into everything you're doing with sustainability and the sustainability implementation plan. But I'm curious, like, are there any specific projects or buildings or parks or museums that you've kind of got to conceptualize and watch come take life? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, a lot in terms of kind of what has informed my perspective when it comes to sustainability, you know, I think back to my days in the Bloomberg administration where I, you know, I got to play a very, very tiny part in the development of Plan YC um, and seeing how that's um, kind of taken a life of, of its own over the last many years now, and the city just, you know, released a, a new new version of it. And so I think, you know, seeing, um, you know, New York City as an exemplar in, um, in kind of setting the standard for planning from a sustainability perspective has been really important to me. And also just kind of New York State and um, the Hochul administration and, you know, taking um, climate adaptation very seriously too has you know both of those things help um, lay the groundwork for a community like mine which is you know a little corner of New York City and um, of, of New York State so um, you know there's a lot of exciting things happening across across New York um, as well as just right here in Battery Park City. It's a it's a little corner, but it's a very centralized prime place because, you know, New York City is one of those places that does have a huge impact culturally, economically that ripples around the world. So when, you know, other cities start planning how they're, you know, going to be more sustainable, they're going to look at what you're doing right now and learn from it. So it's I think it's important what you're doing. Um it's really cool. I love how you're already thinking, you know, six, 10, 15 years down the line. Um, and two things, you know, I was kind of researching and learning about, uh, the first one was the resilience action plan. So yeah. can you tell me a little bit about the resilience action plan and kind of what you're working on with that? Yeah. So, you know, kind of the first order of, um, 
business when I became president um, about five years ago was to develop a strategic plan for, for the authority kind of looking forward. And we didn't just call it a, a strategic plan. We called it a resilience action plan. We did it in partnership with 100 um, resilient cities. But, you know, the idea was about you know, making sure we created a neighborhood that, like I was saying earlier, could stand the test of time and navigate the shocks and stressors that it encounters along the way. You know, Battery Park City was not a sure thing um, as it was being developed, and it's had to weather, um, you know, financial crises and uncertainties, um, terrorist attacks, uh, hurricanes, um, a pandemic. Uh, and so, um, and so, you know, our, our story has been one of resilience and I want our future to be one of resilience too. And so, you know, we look at it through a couple of lenses. We think about, you know, providing vibrant public spaces. We think about municipal leadership and affordability when it comes to housing. And of course, one of the, the key cornerstones is, you know, resiliency, and sustainability, thinking about how we can become a carbon neutral neighborhood, how we can fortify this neighborhood um, to provide coastal flood protection and um, just be responsible stewards when it comes to, you know, uh, uh, becoming more efficient when it comes to water usage and waste reduction and, and those kinds of things, too. I mean, it's important because I grew up in like quintessential 1950s suburbs and it was good you know when you're a little kid and you want to ride your bike around but when you get older and you have to hop in your car to go grocery shopping or go to school or go to the gym you realize if every single person is doing that it's not very sustainable um, and then I've moved to other cities and realized you know how nice it is just to be able to walk down the street to your job or walk down the street to a coffee shop or a park or a gym and I can never go back, honestly, you know, it like, it's, it's, it's yeah. amazing um, to kind of see the difference of those places. So how has that thought process, you know, as you're kind of planning these things and working with these different businesses on the real estate side um, shaped your sustainability implementation plan, because I'm sure they kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. I mean, fortunately we're building on um, a pretty solid green legacy for Battery Park City. Um, you know, the authority developed uh, these uh, green guidelines for construction as it was being built, which really kind of set the standard for what eventually became um, uh, lead standards um, for construction. We have some of the first lead buildings, whether it's schools or residential um buildings or commercial buildings um, in the country. And the way we've cared for our parks has always had kind of an environmentally friendly and organic approach to it. Um, but uh, we can't rest on our laurels. Uh, you know, the climate continues to change and the consequences of not taking action are only getting more um, severe. And so, you know, we have to continue to adjust um, sadly. And so how we're doing that is, you know, one of the ways is, um, you know, looking at um, uh, carbon emissions, greenhouse gas emissions in the neighborhood. We've developed a climate action plan to figure out whether it's in kind of with our buildings or transportation um, in the neighborhood and other areas, how we can reduce our carbon footprint in the neighborhood. Um, but we're also looking at waste and how we can um, reduce waste, recycle more, 
compost more. We've been really big on composting here and expanding what we're composting. We've even delved into uh, dog waste composting here because we are leaving no stone unturned. And we're uh, in the middle of a big push right now to reduce waste, not just in the kind of the office spaces we control directly, but throughout our public parks and uh, figuring out how we can get everybody to play a part um, in uh, reducing um, waste. So um, we're looking at it from uh, a bunch of different angles. Very cool. Yeah, it's, I always love just learning about like the history of New York City and how much it changes from decade to decade, how much it grows. And I'm sure the people, you know, who live around there are very happy. I'm sure the air is cleaner. I'm sure there's less waste on the ground. Have you seen just more um, people and businesses kind of embracing sustainability as you've started to like live in New York City, work in New York City and work with Battery Park City Authority? Yeah, I think in general, there's a greater understanding of why people have to take sustainability seriously and why we have to become environmentally responsible. Um, you know, I think it still requires behavior changes and in some cases infrastructure changes when you're like trying to electrify a building, for example. Um, that can be very difficult, but I think that's where, um, you know, even these small steps are important because they help in, you know, building momentum, you know, don't wait until you've figured everything out and then act like start chiseling away at it now and, you know, and, uh, and, and build upon that um, as you can. And so I think that, you know, in the neighborhood we see, whether it's commercial entities, just residents in the neighborhood, definitely getting on board with kind of what part they can play in adapting to a changing climate and, and fighting the, the climate um, crisis, which is really exciting. And, you know, just, just, you know, even just the attention we're getting for what we're doing, um, you know, I'm a big believer that uh, local action can have global impact. And so if what we do can help inform, educate, or inspire other people to take action, then I think that's just another way that, you know, what you do adds up. Exactly. I couldn't agree more. I mean, and again, being in New York City, you know, it does have a direct impact on the way other cities, city planners, developers are going to plan in the future. Um, from your experience, you know, is there any sort of like tidbit of advice or something you could share of like, hey, I learned this through trial and error. Here's something that I would do if I was going to do it all over again. Like, what are some things you could share for the other people out there who might be following in your footsteps? Yeah, I mean, the first thing I would say is that, you know, even if you plan with the best of intentions and develop with the best of intentions, you know, the the environment, you know, can can change in ways that you don't anticipate. And so I think it was a real wake up call, you know, for us that even though, you know, we were a green neighborhood and ahead of the curve, that we still have work to do. Um, and so you just have to keep you know, your eye on the ball and be prepared to um, continue adjusting. I think that's lesson number one. I think the other, you know, lesson is to really, um, you know, don't be afraid um, to try, um, you know, whether, you know, composting is still, you know, not a habit for many people. And so, you know, trying to expand that in the neighborhood has been, you um, 
a great uh, project for us and we've made great um, progress, but I think, you know, again, um, you know, getting on people on board with these, with these, um, these changes that can be, can sound good maybe, but be uncomfortable, you know, at first are important to do, getting people to engage in our dog waste composting, <laughs> you know, program. Now the dog owners and our dog runs, you know, they're getting on board and figuring out how, you know, they and their dogs can play a role too, but that's, you know, that's, that's different. We weren't talking about that even just a couple um, uh, of years ago. And, you know, I think also working with these these building owners to help figure out whether it's through um, energy audits or retrofits or, um, you know, figuring out through, you know, solar or, or wind, how they can make their buildings more efficient. Having those conversations are all, um, you know, it's, 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 it's hard, it's hard to figure out what you're supposed to do and, and how to do it. But I think that, um, you know, it's really um, important to try and, you know, you get traction before you know it and it and that makes the next step easier. And that's why it's so important to just keep moving in the right direction. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that's what's so fascinating about the sustainable industry and renewable energy and clean technology. I mean, if you look back on how it was 20 years ago to how it is now, it's completely different. A lot of people... Yeah. You know, couldn't even have predicted where we're at today. And then you have the task of sort of planning for, you know, 10, 15, 20 years out. And I'm sure that's a huge challenge of trying to get people to think that far ahead. And they're maybe skeptical and you're like, no, no, no like that's just step one. We're already looking at like step five. Yeah. Um, and and that's, yeah, again, it's it comes through trial and error, but being open to adapting to those things. And if it wasn't for, you know, early adapters, um, we wouldn't be able to further along that technology just by supporting the businesses that are working on it because they're learning through trial and error too. Um, and then, you know, the next big city that wants to do something similar, they can look at Battery Park City as um, an example. So it's a, it's a, I'm sure it's a very tough, crazy job because you're kind of thinking like past, present, future all at once and sort of implementing it yeah. all together. Um, it must be a, a fun, fun challenge that you're working on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been, it's been a great, you know, experience, you know, uh, coming up with these, these projects and, you know, it's, it's not, you know, me coming up with these, these projects. It's, we have a team that's very invested in a sustainable future here. And so, there's a lot of great ideas that um, that you know we're cooking up um, you know across um, the organization, and so it's 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 a real um, privilege to to be able to to see the opportunities there and try to help clear a path um, for them you know to happen, and then you know hopefully you know getting more and more um, stakeholders on board throughout our, our community um, and beyond. Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to ask, you know, what, um, what projects do you have coming up on the horizon? Are you thinking, you know, already like 20, 30 years out, or you kind of think, I mean, I'm sure you must have to a little bit, but what, uh, what are you kind of trying to implement within the next five years, 10 years, and even beyond that? Yeah. Well, we're really focused um you know, uh, on coastal flood protection right now, you know, um, it's, 
you know, I kind of characterize it as we have to play, you know, um, offense and defense. And so with the coastal flood protection, we're playing defense in the face of climate change. Storms are clearly getting worse and they're getting more frequent. And so we can't wait. We have to protect the neighborhood. Um, and so we are, um, you know, we've been embarking on a number of resiliency measures to protect um, the neighborhood. Finished one at our um, ball fields last year. Construction is underway um, in the southern um, perimeter of Battery Park City, and we have design underway for the north and western portions. And all of this is going to lock in with, uh, as part of the Lower Manhattan Coastal Resiliency um, Initiative. And so we're working closely with the city on that. So that's a big focus. But then in terms of, you know, offense, um, you know, one of the things that we've been looking at um, internally pretty closely is uh, uh, assessing kind of district energy solutions for the neighborhood and how we might be able to take advantage of um, infrastructure changes that would facilitate uh, the, you know, tapping into renewable energy in the neighborhood. And that could be, some, you know, some kind of system that, you know, we develop for the neighborhood or facilitating, you know, specific improvements um, at each of the buildings in Battery Park City, but doing it collectively. So we get the bang for our buck. I mean, both in terms of, you know, not just economically, but really making a dent in um, our carbon um, footprint. So I'm excited about that, um, as well as, uh, you know, we're doing a lot with regards to biodiversity. We we put our first uh, beehive in, in place um, recently. We're installing, we're replacing pavers throughout our park with permeable pavers. Um, you know, I had mentioned, um, our recycling efforts. We have this zero waste push. We got our um, one of our facilities certified as zero waste. We're trying to do that now for all of our parks and, and public spaces. And so, you know, there's a lot going on, both kind of long-term planning, big projects, but also um, some smaller, more tangible projects um, too, all with an eye of trying to do our part um, in the face of a change in climate because um, unfortunately we keep hearing the message from scientists that the window is is closing um, on the opportunity to really make a difference and so we have to we have to do we can't just plan we also have to act and so we're trying to do both exactly and and I appreciate that you know that's that's important to think far down the line but also making those little day-to-day -day changes because those ultimately add up um, first off BJ I know you're a busy guy. I want to thank you for being here. I want to be respectful of your time. It's been amazing chatting with you. Um, I can't wait to get back to New York City soon. Come visit Battery Park City, right. hang out for the day. Um, as we wrap up, I've got one more question. Is there anything that you know the green.org audience can do to support Battery Park City in any way? Yeah, I would say, you know, uh visit our website, bpca.ny. Gov, um, particularly our resiliency and sustainability pages, where uh, we, with great intention, we post as much information as we can about what we're doing and what our plans are. You know, we want our community to be aware of what we're doing, but we also want people to learn um, from what we're doing too. Um, you know, all of the lessons, um, um, good and 
and bad and um and you know in, engage with us in this you know conversation about how we can um, work together uh to make uh, a dent in the fight against climate change yeah bj thank you again seriously you're paving the way for a lot of amazing things for years to come. Um, I want to thank you for being here. I want to thank your team for helping coordinate all of this. Um, I also want to thank our listeners, our followers, um, our subscribers, everyone who supports green.org. Our goal is to bring you leaders in renewable energy, clean tech, sustainability, share what's happening in the world, give you some fun, interesting content to listen to, and hopefully apply some changes to your life. Really appreciate you being here. And BJ, again, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Dylan. Thanks very much. Appreciate you listening. And we'll see you on the next episode of The Green Podcast. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much for tuning into the episode. My name is Dylan Welch. Appreciate it. As always, stay up to date with the latest information on green.org and dylanwelch.com. Dylan Welch Media is a full service media and communications agency dedicated to promoting marketing and helping businesses in clean tech, renewable energy, and sustainability grow, get more clients, get more customers, get in front of their ideal clientele. If you have any more questions, feel free to reach out. If you're interested in joining the Green Summit, go to www.green-summit.org. Reserve your ticket today. There's very few spots left, so make sure you get on that ASAP. Thank you and have a great rest of your day.